Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we give the internet the life hacks that they demand. I'm Matt Heron. It's me, Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. I feel like we always do the thing where we confidently go through the part that we have pre-scripted every week, and then afterwards, I don't know what to say. Mm. Yeah, this is, uh, now we play in the space. Yeah, is this like the, am I getting too meta too early every episode? Is that the problem? By in instantly commenting on how well I did in the intro? No, I Maybe. think it's important that we congratulate ourselves on okay. our claps and our starting our recordings on Well, they don't and... know about us every week congratulating <laughs> ourselves on clapping in unison. <laughs> well, now That's they important. do. <laughs> uh, if we call that a team building exercise, can we get a tax rebate from this show somehow? Only if any of us is making any money off of this, which I genuinely hope someone is. I'm even if it's spending money on this. Yeah. <laughs> I have to pay to host a website. Yeah, that's true. Uh, some some breaking news here. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II, in a bid to pretend that she's still alive, Buckingham Palace has announced that she tested positive for COVID. I and love hear that. Yeah, I love the gambit of no, no. I'm still alive. I have a deadly disease. Like <laughs> honestly, that is that is peak uh, yeah. obfuscation. I, at this point, I genuinely don't know if she's alive or not. <laughs> Didn't she show up somewhere like a week and a half ago, and people were like, "Well, shit, we thought she died before Christmas," or yes, was that yes. did that not happen? <laughs> no, she did show up, but she showed up on stage at the Hall of Presidents at Disney World, and so people were like, "Wait," <laughs> and she was red fluid started leaking out of her body. <laughs> she was very obviously a hastily repurposed Hillary Clinton robot. <laughs> yep. Oh man, yeah. <sighs> Uh, that would be great if, you know what would make the Hall of Presidents a much better ride at Disney World, Disney, if you're listening, is if you had conflict in there, by which I mean the presidents had to fight all of the monarchs of England. Ooh. Man. Benjamin Franklin's gonna win, because he can walk upstairs, and none He's of those other robots president. can do that. Yeah, but he can walk upstairs! He's like a fucking Terminator! <laughs> yeah, so he's like the wild card. I mean, he's, for one, he's he's on our money, most of the people on our money are our presidents, except, like, him and Alex. Alexander Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's got to be more. I mean, Sacagawea. Right. Limited edition money that you can only use uh, as tokens in public transit machines is, doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, dollar coins aren't limited edition. They are legal tender. Uh, I believe the public has said that they are limited edition <laughs> because they refuse to use them. Exactly. Uh, they're so good, though. I love I know! Coins. Why aren't we having gold coins? Come I on! Ah, so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I want us to have loonies and toonies like Canada. Toonies may be a little much. Also, like, $2 is such a useless amount of money, in my mind. Is Calling it? a two-pound coin, it feels bad. It's like, yeah. no, this is too much money and it's too heavy. Like, this is, I, this is bad. I do appreciate that the two-pound coin really leans into it being a two, worth <laughs> two of something by having there be... It, like two tones with the the silver and gold circles on it and everything. It's like extremely two, and it yeah. weighs two pounds. Yeah, That's once you know. one side has a face and the other side has a scratched up face. With, oh, this is good. <laughs> Are they what both if, the queen? Is this uh, bad news for defacing uh, money? Holes? What would what the name the of British Two Face be? Um. Harvey Dent is quite a British name already. <laughs> Deuces Wild, maybe? 
No, that's that's that's, like that's more America. That's thing. like cowboy yeah. version of Two Face. Yeah. He's just called Lawyer Harvey Dent because it would be uh, mm-hmm. it would be the too right... audacious of him to have a fancy nickname. The Right Honorable Sir Harvey Dent. <laughs> <laughs> he wears a powder wig, but only on one half. Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Ah, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> But which half? Mm, commentary. Ooh. Yeah, you can't yeah. tell which half is the evil half because they're both just messed up in different color ways. <laughs> yeah, one of them has one of them has like all the British stereotypes of like terrible teeth and like bad oh, skin boy. and balding, and then the other one is a genuine mutant, and you're like, mm. <laughs> and not one of them's sure. a lawyer, and you're like, is this is this the bad one because he's a lawyer? Yeah. I can't tell. Yep. Hmm. Ugh, this political cartoon starring Harvey Dent. I can't parse it. Here's the thing. Yeah. There is canonically a British equivalent to Batman who has a British Joker. I don't know if he has a British Two-Face. Mm-hmm. Was he just a um, servant during World War One? Uh, it's <laughs> Knight and Squire are the uh, Batman and Robin of Britain. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's nothing. It sucks. I can't believe Kit Harrington is playing the fucking, what is it, the Black Knight. Knight. Yes, it rules. That's gonna suck so much. Um, what a shitty superhero to make a fucking movie of. No, it rules. It's very no, cool. He was the best part of Eternals. Before. He was oh. the only personable one. Matt, everyone said that before the Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out. They're like, why in the hell would they make a movie about these assholes? Yeah, but Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel like, has always been sort of like comedic in like aware of how stupid it is i uh-huh. even when they announced guardians of the galaxy i was like i can see how this could be a fun movie i cannot see how a black knight movie could be good at all it's so peak 90s angsty comic book bullshit mm. and they what? can't call it black knight because of that uh, martin lawrence movie. he's from the 70s sure. ah. okay. but like his whole storyline is like yeah, my sword makes me cursed to be evil, I guess, but I'm still a superhero somehow. Like, what? I think he's saying. It's not just Blade. No, Blade has a regular sword. Uh, no, but his uh, motivation is, oh, I'm, I'm the thing that I hate, but I have to do something about it. Mope, mope around. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. except like he and wears sunglasses why... and has sex. Louisa, you do know that the the teaser at the end of Eternals for the Black Knight movie also had Blade in it, right? No, I don't. Who do they have playing Blade now? Is it still Wesley Snipes? Mahershala Mahershala Ali. Ali. I mean, I guess that's good. He's a good actor, so I can't complain. And as soon as he won an Oscar, his first thing that he did was called up Kevin Feige and was like, Hey, I'm gonna play Blade, by the way. Yeah, that is probably going to be great. Yeah. Who is like, Kevin Feige? Uh, the producer at Marvel Studios who produces all those movies. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so the British Joker's name is Jarvis Poker, and the British Two-Face's name is Double Entendre. What? Was this written by, like, an American who no. only had heard about British people from movies? It was written by Paul Cornell, uh, the British writer who also mm, brought us the, the best- The founder of Cornell University. Exactly. He brought us the, uh, he brought us some episodes of Doctor Who, uh, what is it? Human nature, the one where the doctor becomes a person and it's an old time uh, boarding school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he also wrote uh, a comic starring Black Knight, uh, Captain Britain and MI13. And then he starts so there. So there. So this, so this is a bad writer. Mm-hmm. He's good. It's good. Why would you name a character Jarvis when your rival comic studio has a main character also named Jarvis? That's why. Yeah. This is a this is a comic studio who made 
Slade Wilson to make fun of Wade Wilson, a character in opposite comics, other way around, or the other way around, whatever. Oh man, I hate it. Well, yes, almost yeah, comic everything books are about comic books is terrible. <laughs> yep. Uh, As a person who enjoys them, I hate them. <laughs> I like the whimsy of Jarvis Poker, the British Joker. I don't even think he does crimes. <laughs> is his is his supervillain name also Cockney rhyming slang? Yes. Jesus Christ. That's exactly why he's Jarvis Poker, the British man. Joker. Are they double Fuck. dipping? Because in a lot of iterations, they've turned the Penguin into basically the British Joker. <laughs> That's a good point. I hate when they do that because <laughs> he's always, always famously from a from Gotham, Gotham family as yeah. old as the Wayne family, and just sometimes he's a Cockney street urchin. Why? <laughs> Did he go study abroad and just came back fully He's British? East End of Gotham. Because <laughs> he, he was raised in the sewer by, uh, what's his face? Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Burton is also American, isn't he? Yeah, but Tim Burton is the exact kind of person who would force a child to watch nothing but Peaky Blinders for 30 years so that they would have a Cockney accent. Ooh, I love the idea of a Batman movie that takes place 30 years after the premiere of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> it's, it's just a little bit in the future, and the Penguin has been raised on Peaky Blinders. This is just Batman Beyond, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no penguin in that one, I don't think. Well, not yet. <sighs> what does that mean? <laughs> oh, that's the new uh, movie. No, uh, Batman Beyond is the the cartoon series from when... It. it might have been a little after your time, Louisa, but it's like set when Bruce Wayne is an old man and he has uh-huh. given a robot Batman suit to a young man who <sighs> turns out to be kind of his clone, which is super fucked up. I thought we were going the other way, and I realized I was thinking of the TV show Gotham about Batman as a little boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you no, might know... Batman as an old man is way better than Batman Agreed. as a little boy. Okay. You might know uh, Batman Beyond by its British title, Batman of the Future. I'm not mm-hmm. joking. That's for some reason the name of it in Britain. You're being a real Jarvis poker here, Jeff. <laughs> God, it sucks. Yeah, it's so fucking bad. I feel, I hope that the the listeners could hear my genuine existential fury at that being true when you first told me that it was Cockney slang. Yep. Uh, Do you know who is playing the Penguin in the upcoming Robert Pattinson Batman movie? Okay, now, let's all take, yeah, let's all take ten seconds to come up with the best joke. Okay. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, okay. (laughs) I have the real answer, so I will hear it from both of you. Okay, I've got an answer. Okay. Me too. Alright. Alright, here's my answer. Morgan Freeman. Okay. Okay, complex. Louisa? (laughs) Danny DeVito again. Ooh, I like that we've both chosen returning Batman actors. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is, in fact, one Mr. Colin Farrell. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) No! Wasn't he already that guy with the fucking uh, brand on his forehead in some other superhero thing already? That was 2003's oh, yes. Daredevil, Daredevil, wherein he played Bullseye. Oh, yeah. That is several uh, several things not canon anymore and a it's different publisher. That we are in a world now where most celebrities have already played a superhero or a villain and they're just doing a different one. Now. Yeah, that's true. Why... Why? Why? This is the third time now that in an adaptation they've made the penguin a hot guy. Why? Yeah. He's the he's counting, the only short, Danny, ugly weirdo. 
Are you counting Danny DeVito as one of the hot guys? This is important. No, he's he is, he is a short so sewer though. mutant, and that rules. <laughs> um, here's a free storyline for anyone who's looking to break into writing Batman comics. Isn't Jeff, that I'm, you? I'm, oh, I'm okay. talking to you specifically. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, looking to break into writing Batman comics, as in I'm going to commit armed robbery at a <laughs> DC editor's house until they let me. <laughs> in my You're gonna do a real National Lampoon's Christmas vacation to this guy. Yep. <laughs> I don't um, think I've ever seen that movie. Oh. Well, never mind then. But the important part is that kidnapping solves all their problems at the end. Oh, That's Brian Doyle joke. Murray would be a pretty good the penguin. Ooh, he would be a good penguin. <laughs> See, I did, I did um, uh, Morgan Freeman because of March of the Penguins. That oh, was- I get it now. That's I didn't fun. get it before. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, here's the storyline. The penguin is a person from Gotham, but his, like semi-superpower like all of the Batman villains have, where it's not really a superpower, they're just good at something weird, mm-hmm. is he's amazing at dialects. Okay. okay. So that's he... why he always has different accents all the time, Ugh. you see. Oh, I thought you were going to say he perfectly puts on a Cockney accent to yeah. make uh-huh. people think that he is operating from outside the city and not exactly. realize that That's what I am town. saying. Okay. No, I like that. Um, <clears throat> I There's... Accents in comic books are weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to guess what regional accent Rocket Raccoon had before the films, what would you guess? French. <laughs> I think I would go with exactly what it is. He's a tough uh, New York street urchin from the 1920s. He's walking here. Exactly. But, actually, Cockney. <laughs> He was a British. He was a British space <laughs> raccoon. There aren't even raccoons in Great Britain. What the hell? <laughs> well, he's he not from badger. Earth. Come on, he should be a badger. He's not even I think a raccoon. He is from Earth, isn't he? Yeah, isn't know. it that he was abducted by aliens? I think he, the high evolutionary genetically engineered him out of raccoon blood or something stupid. God damn. I'm uh, looking, I wanted to remind myself what Brian Doyle Murray looked like, and he used yeah. to just look like wide Bill Murray, but now he looks like Ed Asner and Wilford Brimley at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be Which a great is, penguin. You just named the two best penguin actors <laughs> in history. <laughs> yeah, he would be, I think, pretty, pretty good as the penguin if he could do the, the, like, he's gotta be able to quack though. Oh, yeah. I, he have, he does under his words already, if you listen yeah. to him act. He's already Perfect. doing that. Perfect. Yeah, if you watch um, Scrooge, when he's playing Bill Murray's dad, mm-hmm. he he quacks the whole time. <laughs> yep. Is he that much older than... No. No, it, it's it's in a flashback. It's oh, okay. him. That's fun. Have you seen anyway. Scrooge, Jeff? Uh, not in a while. Okay. Well, actually, I don't know if I've ever seen it. It was probably one of those ones that was always on Comedy Central during the day when I was a child, but I don't yeah. I don't recall my childhood. It's so. surprisingly not as good as you remember it, even if you haven't seen it before. I don't remember it, so... Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it seems really great, and then you watch it again, and you're like, hmm, so the, the moral... I've talked about this before, I'm certain, on this podcast, but mm. the end of the movie is Bill Murray as Scrooge coming out and revealing that he's had this revelation about the importance of humanity. But instead of being like, so everyone go home and you get a bonus, his solution is, so everyone stay here and watch me sing a non-Christmas song on television. I'm holding you all hostage. What? 
you that sounds like I'm saying like, haha, he's emotionally holding them hostage. No, he literally is holding a gun on them and forcing them to listen to him sing a song. Pretty good. What are yeah. you doing? I will give the movie this. I like the movie okay. I don't think it's great, but it's okay. And it is a retelling of Scrooge's story, A Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. but different enough that uh, it's interesting and new, which is very hard to do because people keep trying to remake that story and not doing a good job. Yes, I agree. It's a like a fun take on A Christmas Carol, but it really does seem to miss the whole point of the of A Christmas Carol at the end. Yeah. He's just like, and I guess the point of this was I'm in love with you, and then the girl's like, I don't know if I'm into it, and he's like, I'm forcing you on camera so I can kiss you. <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> Matt, what'd you do this week? Okay, so I, I don't know if this is going to be something that you guys can talk about. If not, I have a backup. But I watched the, uh, in my efforts to try to be only one year behind on all of pop culture, uh-huh. I watched... Uh, the entire series of Bridgerton. Now, have you guys watched Bridgerton. Is that the no, lesbian and I'm very one? curious to what you have to say about it. What did you say, Jeff? Is that the lesbian old timey one? No, there's nothing lesbian about it. Is it old timey? <clears throat> it is. It is set in <sighs> Regency England, um, and it is sort of. Apparently it's based on a series of novels that were written in the modern day, but in the style of Jane Austen novels. Hmm. That's what I've heard, and I'm very skeptical. Especially because, you know, I haven't seen the show, but I've certainly seen stills and ads for it. And they do basically no work to try to make them look like they're actually in the Regency period. Yes, but I think that that's intentional. I don't (laughs) like that it's intentional, but go on. Um, the, The characters that most look like their costuming and everything is crazy out of time are like the town sort of misfits like the mother of that family is very eccentric and always dressing her daughters in crazy bright colors even though everyone else is wearing pastels and stuff Hmm. and i think it's like an intentional choice of the show to sort of have these intentional anachronisms as a way to universalize the tribulations that people are going through um i mean i don't know i i I think that like getting hung up on the art design choices it's one thing if the art design is bad but this is a choice and even if i don't love it like i'm i could get over it i guess so but i felt this way about the marie antoinette movie the um sofia coppola one where they had Marie Antoinette get, like, modern sneakers, and she's real excited about it, even though everything else is quite period about the movie. And it's like, if you were doing a better job making your movie, you could show her getting excited about correct period shoes and still make me feel that she was excited about them, is what I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, yes, but that's, like, that is a different message than what the modern shoes does in the scene, I think. I guess. I just feel like the modern shoes are in there because they they don't trust the audience to be able to understand that people would be excited about, like, silk slippers. You know what I, I mean? I, yes, but I don't agree with you. I understand what you're saying, but I disagree with the right. premise. Get her. Get her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I I do think that, the, that Bridgerton does a good job of 
feeling like a lost Jane Austen novel. Like, mm-hmm. the plot is exactly as sort of overworked and contrived as a Jane Austen plot would be. And, like, when you find out the reason that the angsty hero is actually just angsty because he's so in love with the heroine, it feels exactly the same as when you're like, fuck you, Mr. Darcy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So I appreciate that. And uh, I, I think that, like, overall the show succeeds because of how aware of its audience it is because like there are so many scenes of very muscular men like boxing and naked and stuff like this Uh like it is just a tv adaptation of a romance novel where they show all the fucking okay and like i kind of appreciate that all of those you know i like a, a period drama pretty much pretty well um but like all of those things where it's like and then mr darcy puts a hand on elizabeth's shoulder and then they look at each other with longing in their eyes and then it cuts away like no no don't do that (laughs) i want to at least see them kiss so it's extremely explicit in the sex scenes that happen in the late part of the series on-screen penetration i mean like that's what jeff's waiting for (laughs) They don't show the penetration, but it is like softcore <laughs> porn level. But you do I see hear that it. A DVD, a sticker that just says they don't show the penetration. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the sticker that shows up on your screen covering up that part of what's happening. <clears throat> no, but there are a lot of lingering shots on people's faces as they are having sex with one another. Now, here's my other worry. Um, I don't know if this is a concern for you, but I find when modern. When books are written in the modern time, but they're set in the Victorian era or, like, Regency like this, um, sometimes that comes through too clearly to me. Uh, Miss Fisher's Mysteries would be an example, which is set in the mm-hmm. 1920s, but written in the modern day. Mm-hmm. And, like, in, I think the first or second episode, she's like, yeah, I have a diaphragm. I can have birth control if I want. Like, I, I'm not ashamed of it. Like, clearly that's anachronistic. Yeah, it's much better than that about things where, like, a lot of the drama arises from, like, a person was seen walking in the garden with an unmarried woman, (gasps) the scandal that's going to be associated with that. So, Mm -hmm. like, there is a gay character, but I think even the gay character is handled in a way where you're like, there probably were people like this in the time who had to, like, kind of be secretive, but they were powerful enough that people wouldn't mess with them. Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, so yes, I think that it's like pretty good. The next season is coming out in a month, and so I'm excited for that. Um, it's really fun. It's like just a fun series to watch if that kind of thing is your your interest at all. Okay. Um, if you want to see very muscular, handsome men taking off frilly shirts so that they can look sexy in firelight, that's for you. Uh, if you want to see, like, a, a, a fun sort of strange mystery series, it's for you. Uh, it has a lot to offer. I think that this is not for Jeff specifically, because he would <laughs> yeah. be bored. But I think almost everyone else would like this. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have told me I might like it, but a lot of them have been people who've suggested things to me in the past that I don't like. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've been uh, nervous. But if you say it's good, I know you. Well. I know how much you like things like Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, yeah. Emma, etc. 
And with that in mind, if you are willing to overlook the anachronisms in costuming and music, mm-hmm. I think you will like the show. Okay. Yeah, I only want a period drama, a, a, a costume drama, if it's got uh, lesbian yearning. Okay. I thought you were going to say you only want a costume drama if it's about Captain Britain finding yeah, Excalibur. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, we've already talked about how Batman and the Scarlet Pimpernel are the same character. Mm-hmm. I they, they wrote a story about that, didn't they? I don't know. There's a comic book where he's, uh... There's a, I know there's a comic book where Batman uh, fights Jack the Ripper. That's fun. Yeah. There's also a comic book where Batman and Sherlock Holmes have a contest to see who's the best detective. Yep. There's a episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold where Batman travels back in time to fight Gentleman Ghost when he was still Gentleman Alive Guy with Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yes. Fucking Gentleman Ghost is the greatest villain that has ever been in DC Comics, and those cowards will never put him in a movie. Have He's you a real ghost? love Gentleman Ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> He's a ghost. He's the ghost, ghost of a former criminal. <laughs> it's God. so good. He's he's a ghost of he's the ghost of a Victorian London like crime lord who then just uses his ghost powers to rob banks. Why? Why does a ghost need money? <laughs> Fuck you. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Uh, love oh, it, um, Matt. Have you ever watched the the children's cartoon Batman the Brave and the Bold? I have. It's fine. Uh, I enjoyed it because, uh, well, one, God, Batman fans got so mad about there being a fun yes. Batman cartoon. Uh, yes, that was good. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but also, the, like, the obscurity that they dip into in the DC universe is fun to me. Yeah, I appreciate that in a world where people keep trying to make like stories of what if this superhero was in the real world they did the exact opposite and was just like yeah there's ghosts and aliens and fucking kaiju and whatever like yeah it's everything it's all the stupid things all happening at the same time yeah uh oh Trent ask me ask me what I did this is a perfect transition <laughs> okay hey Jeff what'd you do this week uh so I've also been watching a uh, a TV show and it Ooh, has to a do TV with show you say Yes. Uh, no, it's out. not Bridgerton. <laughs> Thank you, Louisa. It also ha- it has to do with the absurdity of the DC Comics universe. Uh, oh. I've been watching the HBO Max original series Peacemaker, mm-hmm. um, which oh, okay. I was cautiously optimistic about because I haven't disliked any James Gunn stuff. And I really, really liked The Suicide Squad, which is the sequel slash reboot of Suicide Squad, not the bad first one. Uh, yeah. that, that movie is fun. I was skeptical that they took the character who was intentionally, seriously, powerfully unlikable from that movie and gave yes. him a TV show. Uh, the problem is, the, the reason that I'm reluctant to watch Peacemaker, just to add on to what you just said, is because as I was watching The Suicide Squad, I was thinking... There are people who are going to watch the Suicide Squad and think that he that John Cena is in the right here. Like he is willing to There's... murder anyone in the name of the imperialism of the United States and there are p- genuinely people in the world right now who think of that as a hero and to make a sh- series about him seems extremely dangerous. Yeah. There's another <sighs> Suicide Squad movie that not the ones with uh, Margot Robbie? Uh, no, no like, she's in both of them. This is... Uh, the second one with Margot Robbie. Yeah. The Birds of Prey? John Cena wasn't in that. 
No, the second suicide. It's called The Suicide Squad. It came out like last summer. It has Idris Elba in it. (laughs) Oh my god. How did this happen? I've never heard of this movie. Uh, it's much better than the first yes. one. Much better. So, than the first one. when those right wing trolls uh, found all of James Gunn's really cringy, edgy, edgelord tweets from like 2009, and Disney fired him for about nine months, DC was like, "Ooh, we're gonna have you fix the Suicide Squad because if there's one thing you know how to do, it's take a bunch of unlikable bastards and make a fun action movie out of it." Mm-hmm. Um, and then that movie came out this past summer, and it was pretty good. Um, and then he was bored in quarantine, so he wrote an eight-episode Peacemaker miniseries as a follow-up. And I guess Warner Brothers is in kind of a, like, yeah, you know what? Nobody likes any of this DC stuff. Do whatever you want, kind of mood, because... (laughs) Yeah, they need to let us write the new DC movies. We would be so fucking good at it. Sorry, go on. No, that's it. Uh, It's a, you know, it's a pretty good series. Uh, I do not think that it paints Peacemaker as... uh, as correct in his villainous beliefs, he's kind of haunted by his actions of that film, and then we see that he's also, like, uh, he was, like, very abused as a child by his, uh, much more monstrous than he could ever possibly be father, uh, who's a literal, like, Klansman supervillain. Uh-huh. Um. Played by that guy that James Gunn puts in everything? Uh, no, played by Robert Patrick from, uh, oh. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, very effectively, yes. And, um, uh, Last Action Hero got to Mm. catch the red eye. Um. No, that was Charles Dance. Right? Damn it. He's in. He's. Michael Rooker. That's the guy whose name I was trying to think of. Yeah, Michael Rooker's not in this one because he already played a different guy in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, he dies in the first 10 seconds of the new (laughs) Suicide Squad, which thank God because fucking stop putting Michael Rooker in everything for fuck's sake. I liked him as Yondu, but he's also not in much of the movie as Yondu, and then he's in a lot of the second one, which is not a good movie. It just makes me sad when a director that I think is pretty good you can instantly tell their movies because of the, like, mid-tier actor they put in fucking everything. Yeah. Uh, No offense to Michael Rooker, but, like, he doesn't deserve to be in as many James Gunn movies as he is. I feel this way about Mike Flanagan, who always casts his wife, Kate Siegel, which I appreciate a wife guy. That's fun. She's not great, but she's not terrible. But he also always casts... The kid from E.T., who's an old oh, man yes. now. Yes. And he's... That's so fucking weird. It's He's just... He's in The Haunting of Hill House and yep. The Haunting of Bly Manor. He's in Ouija yep. Origin of Evil. Like, he's in all of them. Yep. Henry Thomas? It's so weird. Name? Yeah, Henry Thomas. I couldn't remember his name, because, god damn it, who could? Yeah. He's the kid from <laughs> E.T. This is the only director who hires him. It's the... Is this... Is the only director that does this well Wes Anderson? I don't like any Wes Anderson things. He puts the same eight people in every movie, but they're all the best actors in the world. And he gets out of them the the... worst performances of all time. (laughs) I think a lot of the most famous uh, directors who, like, have a, a very specific style do like to work with a lot of the same actors over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's bad, though, I think. I mean, fucking, Tim when Burton? you get to the, like, 
Johnny Depp. Oh, Tim Burton. Fucking Helena Bottom Carter is terrible. Can, are we all on the same page here? <laughs> She's no, not going like to be her. in all his things anymore, though. They're yeah. divorced, right? But Don't still. they have a weird life um, where they live next door to each other, and even though they're divorced, they might continue working together? I thought that was what was going on. I don't know. Nah. Um, uh, it might be. I went through the uh, the Scream series recently, uh, and it's extremely, extremely obvious when they were filming Scream 4 that they could not peacefully have uh, David Arquette and Courtney Cox on the same uh. set at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah. they... Every single conversation the characters who are also divorced have is like a, a over the shoulder, obviously body <laughs> double thing. Very funny. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I don't. I, I don't um, think they have any scenes together in the fifth one. Going back to Bridgerton for just a moment, there's a scene where two actors, the the main guy from the series, the Duke, and uh, and another actor are having a conversation at, while they're drinking beer. And it cut back and forth between the two of them, and the level of beer in their glasses varied <laughs> wildly from shot to shot. Oh, no! And I was like, "Wow, that's that's so crazy!" And like, I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but then I watched it again with Jen, and I was like, "Oh yeah." Um, and Jen was like, "Why do they do that?" And I was like, "Because this guy, the main guy from the series, had got too big and <laughs> couldn't be on set as much as the other guy, so they had to film these at different times." Clearly, yeah. Um, oh, Apparently that guy is going to be the next James Bond, so that's pretty weird. Anyway. Huh. Huh. Uh, yeah, I, uh, anyway, I like Peacemaker. Uh, I, it's, nice. Peacemaker is the obscure character upon which the comedian from Watchmen is based, so mm. it seems like you're gonna see a show starring that guy and be like, this sucks. Uh, and then his, like, best buddy is just kind of a Deadpool ripoff, so you're definitely another reason to be like, wow, this extremely sucks. But it's, you know, pretty good. There's good, there's feelings, there's action. It's fun. Is is there any way I could possibly like it if I find John Cena obs, ob, obsessively loathsome? Like, <laughs> hateful to the point of seeing his face on screen will make me turn things off. Uh, you will see his face on screen a lot, so. But <laughs> as someone who, his job for like 20 years before he decided to become an actor was pretending to fight people while he had a scowl on so he's pretty good at that well my question he's is i so saw him at awful the, though in psych the tv show psych he played a character's brother so he showed up a couple times Ugh, that is and he is he oh, is no. a very bad actor <laughs> is he better now i guess uh i have i have not seen anything he's acted in that from that long ago i cannot imagine he uh isn't better because <laughs> okay. he's tolerable as an actor there's some times where i'm like eh, you're giving him like you're letting him either riff too much or giving him like too many uh options for ad-libbing and i don't like that but otherwise he's you know he's playing a character that feels fully realized at least mm-hmm. okay it's weird that they seem to always cast him as an interminably smug person when he already seems to be pretty smug anyway yeah. It's hard to tell. Uh, any wrestler, I can't tell their real personality. Is The Rock friendly, or does he call people jabronis and ask them to smell what he's cooking? I have no idea. Um, as a person who uh, went to college in the 2000s and made friends with a lot of people in that time period, almost everyone I know and like uses wrestling slang because for some 
unfathomable reason they liked professional wrestling. So, like, I there are lots of people I know who I like even in spite of them using the word jabroni. <laughs> uh, I am... I am constantly mystified by, like, I think that wrestling is bad to watch uh, Mm -hmm. because it is, you know, it's a fictional action story about a sport that doesn't exist, shot like sports, and performed by athletes. And so it's reprehensible in terms of storytelling. (laughs) Yeah, I remember a few years ago I posted on Facebook, like, if you want to know the experience of being a person in their 30s in 2018 or whatever, uh, what it is is the feeling of constantly being disappointed to find out that people you respect like professional wrestling. <laughs> uh, and so many of my friends commented being like, is this about me? And I was like, fuck, this many of you? Yeah. God damn it. I'm mostly just fascinated by uh, by the sort of meta text aspects of wrestling that no one talks about. Like, what the hell are the rules of the sport that they're pretending to play? Yeah, call yeah. back to um, when we did uh, seeing Reddit and talking about Reddit pages. One of the earliest episodes of that was talking about Mexican luchador wrestling. That is, if you're going to lure me in, you need to go that wild with it. I want people hypnotizing people and using voodoo to explode people's heads in the ring. Otherwise, I'm not interested. Yeah, a big yeah. Ass Give me more at the Undertaker end of a big stuff. match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing that bothered me uh, about the acting, and then of you pull off the mask, wrestling. and his his head is a full on snake's head. Oh wow! Yes. And then he burns you. He he burns you into a a version of the game's logo. Yes. Uh, the thing that bothered That's me what about happens the acting in Mortal Kombat, right? Professional wrestling is that they they aren't very good actors in the way that the show wants them to be. Like there would be. Uh, before big matches, there would be a moment where it's like, oh, we're seeing in the green room, and you know this beefy guy is here. Oh no, that his opponent, the beefy guy that he hates, just walked in, and they wouldn't be able to improvise dialogue as if they were mad at each other. So they would do the thing yeah. where they get really close, so their chests are touching, and they would breathe heavily into the, each other's faces, scowling, and that's fucking it. Like <laughs> these are your heroes. These idiots who can't yeah. even think of an insult? <laughs> oh my god. This is why I feel like when people are like, yeah, I like professional wrestling, it's like when people tell me that they like the room, yeah. and I'm like, you don't. You want to be interesting. <laughs> That's what you're trying to do here. I get it. But like, and and the thing that makes me crazy is that you'll be like, no, actually professional wrestling is stupid and everything about this is pointless. And then people will get upset. <laughs> Like, you know, you like it, just be like, yeah, you're right, it is stupid, but I like it. I respect that so much more than you try to tell me that there's some kind of fucking narrative merit to <laughs> shitty, terrible professional wrestling. Yeah, I I, oh I would like people to, to be more straightforward about enjoying something's campiness, or, like, if you enjoy something like the room you enjoy it because you enjoy someone sincerely trying to make something good and failing in every way which right. i think is even, fine to enjoy but even then you don't enjoy the room right you enjoy how bad it is or you enjoy <clears throat> laughing at it like the problem is when somebody has watched the room so many times that then they are like i think i actually do like this movie those people are bad people <laughs> yeah i i 
I'm much more interested in someone who is extremely good at the art that they do, trying their goddamnedest and doing a terrible job anyway. Um, <laughs> you just don't want to talk about cats again. No, I'm not even going to mention the 2019 masterpiece directed by Tom Hooper, Cats. But, like, I'm so much more interested in, like, that X-Men movie that had Anya Taylor-Joy and Macy Williams in it as a magic sword person and a werewolf. Uh, yeah, I keep on wondering if I'm ever going to bring myself to watch that. <laughs> God, Anya Taylor-Joy is a good actress. Her accent in that movie is baffling. Uh, so- oh, I also watched Queen's Gambit this week. She's good in that. That's a pretty good series. Yep. Yeah, yeah good. she's got a she's got one of those good big actor faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisa, what'd you do? Um, so first off, I just want to say I had a weird technical problem, I guess, a little while ago. Uh, everything kind of glitched out for a second, and I think I'm out of sync from you guys, so if I seem to be (laughs) responding weirdly to things you say, I'm sorry, and that's why I'm pretty sure I'm several seconds Oh, yeah, if I, if I'm responding weirdly, that's, that's for me too, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's why. Yep. (laughs) Uh, but... I've been working on my art stuff again. I guess I'm going to talk about this, because what else have I been doing? Playing Pokemon, which we've already talked about. Watching shows we've already talked about. So, I get such a joy out of having everything go right on a very small project. I don't know if you guys feel this too, but you're like, if I do this, oh, if I do this, and then this, and I'll add this. For me, it's, uh, you know, uh, physical art, so I'm like, if I add this paint, and then glitter, but just in this part, like, it's very exciting to have total control over a small thing like that and have it go right. The way you're describing it, it sounds like you're talking about making one of those signs that people hold up at wrestling matches. (laughs) A little bit of paint, a little glitter. Yeah. <laughs> it says John 316 or whatever. Yeah, if I write, says, you can't see me in this way, <laughs> John Cena's definitely John Cena will be my best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> that would kind of rule, actually, to be John Cena's best friend, <sighs> I think. No, it'd be exhausting. Because <laughs> he always you're wants to describe- work out. <laughs> you're just describing the show Entourage now, Jeff. <laughs> Is John Cena in that, or is it just about John Cena-like guys? Exactly, yes. It's a fictionalized version of John Cena. <laughs> it was already a fictional character? Is John Cena even his real name? Because there's, well, there's a bunch of yeah, wrestlers who whose wrestling name is, is, is like, Craig Gunderson, and then their real name is Way Cooler? No, mm. his, his, his... Legal, his legal document name, his John Felix Anthony name Cena. given to him by Jesus upon his conception. Yep. His... <laughs> they never should have let that guy wrestle in jorts. What are you doing? <laughs> Make him wear the spandex. Make him wear it! This is why I fucking hate him so much. Jorts and a trucker cap. Love it. What the fuck, man? Oh, he's awful. Also, his face looks like if you put, like, handsome man into like a deep fake and it didn't quite work right (laughs) yes it's so it's so strange because that era of wrestling the like 2010s and maybe late 2000s was like no one nobody had a fun gimmick anymore they were all like i'm a tough handsome guy with a hat on Mm-hmm. Like no, you, I want yeah, you to be like a zombie it. or a crazy like uh, a fashion obsessed glitter cowboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I feel uh, like wrestling never had enough of that, though. Even at the time when that was kind of a thing, it would be like, yeah, my thing is that I'm a dragon, and then they would still just be in spandex punching people. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, with Hulk Hogan, he was meant to be Irish. That's why they gave him the name Hulk Hogan. That was going to be his gimmick. But then he got popular, and they're like, oh, shit, forget about this fucking gimmick. He's just a hero now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, as... Even... Even a little more flavor to it than just, he has on jorts and a t-shirt, and he wrestles. Like, Macho Man Randy Savage was doing the same shtick, but he had on, like, rhinestone pants. He just looked like he was from Kiss. He was from Easter Kiss. Yeah, exactly. That's so much better than just, uh, I don't know, he's got a big tattoo on his peck and wears little undies with his name on them, which is most other wrestlers. I- it- I even think that it would have been better if he'd leaned into it even more and had his, like, wrestling name be White Privilege. <laughs> Just, like, yeah. like everything about him is loathsome. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you could do that, though, because uh, the guy who runs the WWE is too much of uh, an actual racist to make fun yes. of racists. That's true. Uh, man, I thought for sure when I clicked Brock Lesnar, I would find out that that's a fake wrestling name, but no, that man's... That man's given name is Brock Lesnar. Oh, no. That man's parents chose for him to be a wrestler. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, they look at, him, at the baby, they're like, this baby's going to be a professional wrestler, we're going to name him Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Our last name's already Lesnar, this works out great. Yep, the nurse said, leave this one alone. Yep, you can tell right away. Because <laughs> they can tell right away that he was a professional wrestler. <laughs> Jeff, put that song at the end of the episode, please. I know that you're that you are referring to a song. I do not know what one it is. The problem with this bit is that I can never tell when you're being serious. Yeah, that's why I expanded it this time so that it would yep. seem as if I was sincere. Yeah, because okay. I am being sincere. I don't know. Like I'm <laughs> bad, fairly sure bad that's to a song. the bone. Okay, cool. George Thurgood, <laughs> the nurse, who, destroyers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's not Canadian. I don't know. But his band was called the thank Delaware Destroyers. Someone I know has, that. Some, thank goodness someone has finally destroyed Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the the modifier is, means that he's destroying. Fuck, the Delaware Destroyer is a great wrestling name, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do kind of like that. I would love if, oh my god, that's so good too, because at first you'd be like, oh, he's from Delaware and he destroys people. And then once he gets popular enough, he's like, no, my goal is to make enough money that I can afford to destroy (laughs) Delaware. And those terrible wrestling uh, skits, they'll be like, no, don't, please don't, look at all these sad Delaware people. He gets... (laughs) He gets a giant, like, trash can with a nuclear symbol on the side, and he brings it to Delaware and tries to smash it with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Oh, Oh, fuck, this is so good. I I like the idea of uh, state rivalry-themed wrestlers. Yes, this is what I'm saying. (laughs) What would be the state that he would be from that he wanted to destroy Delaware so badly? Connecticut, maybe? I think that he's initially from Delaware and then has a heel turn. Where he be, mm-hmm. where he's. I'm not the Delaware Destroyer. I'm the Delaware Destroyer. Accepting <laughs> a big bag of money from the governor of I don't know Minnesota. Anti-Delaware. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh my God! If we could in- introduce the Bizarro universe uh-huh. to wrestling, it's the state that exists underneath Delaware, and they hate <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> 
Oh man, and oh, then man. New Jersey gets the Pine Baron, spelled B-A-R-R-O-N. Oh my god! R-O-N. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, no, he's the, he's the pine baron, and then when he is about to lose a match, he takes off his stovepipe hat, and he has horns under there, and turns into the Jersey Devil. Yes! Oh my god! It's it's Brick Leads the Second, the Pine Baron. Oh fuck! This is so good. We're just we're so much better um, at writing seasons of wrestling than we are at doing a podcast. It's we're true. really we're just inventing if- Venture Brothers characters at this point, though, aren't we? That's true. <sighs> Guys, could we become incredibly successful by doing the thing that that baseball, fictional baseball thing did? What is it called? Uh, Blaseball? Blaseball, Bla- <laughs> thank you. Slamball would be so much better. <laughs> Blernsball. <laughs> um, could we do that for a podcast where instead of doing the dumb shit we do, every week we commentate on what's happening in a fictional wrestling league that only we know about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, I think somebody can do that, but not me, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, I don't know that any of us know enough about wrestling to do that, but it would be a very fun idea. Uh, yeah. There is an actual Irish guy in the WWE. His, yeah, I know. His given, his given name is Fergal DeVitt, and they were like, no, not disgustingly Irish enough. You're Finn Balor now. Isn't there a Seamus mm-hmm. something as well? Oh yeah, there is a Seamus Rowdy Roddy Piper, Louisa. No, this is a guy, I think he's actually Irish, unless he's doing a crazy... I think his name is just Seamus. And he's got red Uh, hair. Yes, he is from, he's from Dublin. His name is Stephen Farrelly, which is also a very Irish name, but yeah, Seamus is more Irish. (laughs) Anyway, we definitely got off track of Louisa telling us about art, and I, that's all Uh, my fault, so please go on. (laughs) I just had the joy, I know neither of you do, um, uh... I don't know what to call it even. Physical arts? I know neither of you do those. Like sculpture? Yeah. Crafts? But you both like to work on creative projects, and it's the joy of having full control over something that's kind of small, but every detail, like, clicks into place the way you wanted, and it's just, you're like, this is why I make things. And then when you make things and it goes wrong, you try to remember back to this time, you're like, but remember when I made that thing and it worked out so good? I have to cling to that. I think that's why I... I think that's why I like cooking, because it's the only yes. thing that I put a lot of effort into, and then at the end I'm like, yes, this is good enough. <laughs> like, yeah. everything else that I make, even if everyone else likes it, I'm like, but look at this shitty part. And, like, I can see the bad things in it, and so yeah. I'm clearly a failure as a creative. <laughs> that mm. is the great thing about cooking, because if you're making, like, a marble statue, you need to get that fucker right. But if you're making yes. dinner, you need... <laughs> You need to make dinner every night, and it doesn't matter whether it's the best thing or the worst thing you ever made. There's going to be another dinner tomorrow. Exactly, yes. (laughs) I got a piece of advice from from an artist that I like at a convention once that I always think about in terms of art in general, which is you need to start thinking about art as... um, like you have 10,000 terrible drawings in your hands and you need to get them all out before you can start doing good drawings. So like, if you do that, if you try to just like get rid of all of the badness, I mean, that's just another way of thinking about practice, but it makes you feel less shitty about how bad you are at art now. Yeah. The other Mm. day I was working on a sketch and a friend asked me how it was going. And I was like, it's, 
like, I just need to do it a few more times. And they didn't know what that meant. And I just described it as, sometimes you have to draw the same thing several times in almost exactly the same way until suddenly it's right. Yeah. It's very hard to explain, but it that... feels right. When I'm making art poorly, I don't know when it's done. So the trouble <laughs> with, I have to get... 10,000 discrete units of bad art out is, I get one discrete unit of bad art out, and then continually revise it until I'm too bored to hone my craft anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should do that thing where you draw, like, a picture every day of something. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Draw Pokemon every day for until you've drawn all the Pokemon, Jeff. Mm. By the end, you'll be so fucking good at Pokemon. Ooh, maybe I'll draw Pikachu from memory every day until I can draw the perfect Pikachu. This is like <laughs> this would be like an art piece, Jeff. I'm not joking. You could hang this in a museum. <laughs> no, you have to know a rich person to get stuff hung in a museum. Hmm. I mean, listen, you couldn't get the museum to hang it, but you could go into a museum with a staple gun and running yeah. shoes on. If you wear a reflective <laughs> vest, you could do probably anything and no one would stop you. <laughs> yeah, that's the the new thing that people are doing to park anywhere they want in New York is putting a reflective vest on the dash. Oh, damn. Huh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it doesn't really work, though. Uh, but also, like, what are you indicating? There's many jobs that require that, and some of them probably deserve tickets anyway. That's true. What you should do instead is steal one of those ticket printing machines and then print a ticket for yourself and put it under your windshield wiper blades. There it is. Give yourself a ticket to stop them from doing it to Mm you. That way, instead of getting a small fine, you will be prosecuted for federal crimes of stealing property from the police. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Yeah. Anyway, so what do we do on this here right. podcast? So what oh, we right. do on this podcast is we go to the <laughs> WikiHow suggested articles page and put in a random word so we can see a list of all of the questions people have asked about that word, and then we give them advice on how to do that, that do those things. Uh, the word this week is bring. Right. I saw the first mm, one. Got very how- excited. Yeah. Yes, same. This first one is extremely up all of our alleys. Yeah. Jeff, I feel like it's the most you, so I want you to read Okay, it. thank you. I appreciate that. How to bring Chrono back from the dead in Chrono Trigger. Uh, Chrono Trigger is probably the best game. <laughs> if the three of us had to make a ranking of all games from all of history, and we had to agree on it, I think <laughs> the one that we would all three come to an agreement is the best one would be Chrono Trigger. Yeah, that, I think true. we have... We have more overlap in love of Chrono Trigger than any other game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, tw- th- I think 12 endings initially in the game and, like, 15 in the, the definitive DS re-release. Mm-hmm. Um, and in uh, at least one of them, Chrono stays dead. Uh, you don't <laughs> have to bring him back to, like, he gets obliterated by Lavos and just stays that way. But in the is other ones, you, like... a canonical ending as well? Uh, I don't know if there is a canonical ending, because I didn't play enough of Chrono Cross, and that's the only one that is even tangentially a sequel. They're remaking that yeah, one, you I'm see? I'm definitely gonna play... 
yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to play that Chrono Cross remaster because I also don't remember the plot at all, and I don't even remember if it's plot related. Yeah, I just um, remember it had it's it's uh, like a selling point, like literally a sticker on the box was it, that it had more than fifty playable characters. That's just too many characters, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Uh, especially because your party can only have like four people in it at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like why do I don't care if there's four. Uh, I sorry, I don't care if there's forty. If I can only use four, <laughs> come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but it is fun to be like, ooh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do the incredibly long side quest to get the mermaid. I guess, yeah. There, that was a weird era of like side quests in games being like oh we gotta fill this fill this already 40 hour story out with an additional 50 hours of stuff to do um that was a strange era era. i think no i think that people are a little more uh okay with focusing on like either the stuff to do has to feel good uh Mm -hmm. or it it can be fully completely ignored with no consequences uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, whereas I feel like it was ambiguous in the like late 90s, early 2000s, where it's like, hey, there's side quests, you have no way to tell which ones are important. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. As a person who feels, uh, some may say insanely, I would say that for instance, compelled <laughs> to do every piece of content in every game. I liked being rewarded for that by having things where it's like, mm, this is probably not important, and then you spend the 30 hours to get to the top of the Tower of Mages, and then you find the gem earrings that lets every spell cast twice? Fuck yes! Yeah. Oh, Sorry, that's so that's good. Final Fantasy VI thing. Yes! Um, How can you forget? It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you get like an, a, a time egg or something, and then Chrono hatches from it. Don't you have to win a clone of Chrono from a carnival game? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds right, too. You you stop time and you put in the doll instead of him to get killed. Yeah, that's so fucking good. Yeah, it's so stupid, but it's great. (laughs) Oh, God. The game is excellent. It's the only game that feels like you are playing through the story of an anime or manga without feeling extremely derivative of any specific anime or manga. Yes. Yeah. I keep thinking about how I now am at a point in my ability to program things where I feel like I could make Chrono Trigger. Like, I think that I know enough about computers to make a game that is essentially mechanically like Chrono Trigger. Uh But then I'm like, oh, the hard part is writing a story that's good. The hard part is the fact that the reason this game is great isn't because of the mechanics, it's because the story is, like, like un- unfathomably good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and on top of that, the music is amazing, and it looks beautiful in a way that uh, definitely was, like, painstakingly handcrafted over thousands of hours by uh, underpaid pixel artists. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, it's very strange because game development has never been as accessible on a technical level as it is right now, but yeah. the technical stuff is just not what made some of those games special. There were people who were just, like, discovering new ways to do things on a design level. Yeah. Uh, anyway, how to bring hip-hop to life. 
What a weird <laughs> question. You have to mix it with uh, Evanescence, probably, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You add a rap. You add a rap verse into Evanescence. <laughs> yep, that that's implying that there aren't already terrible screaming white boy raps in Evanescence songs. There is only only in Bring Me to Life because the producers were like, we have to get on this new metal rap rock train. And add in a Linkin Park style rapping to your song that is otherwise just sort of an orchestral metal song. I do appreciate that that song is like it was grown in a lab to be the song that that you hate watching people do at karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> like it has everything that you hate about watching people do karaoke all in one song, and there's something respectable about that. I remember the specific night of karaoke that. Uh, lodged this in your brain, or at least <laughs> that I witnessed it lo- uh, lodge in your brain, perhaps previous or after it also did. This is uh, a Matt Superman yeah, origin story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This It's as iconic as in a Batman movie when it pans over and the sign says Ace Chemicals. You're like, ooh, mm-hmm. someone's getting jokered. <laughs> no, I just remember a period of time for like two years where every time I went to karaoke there was a girl who had practiced this song way too much and her boyfriend who didn't want to be there doing this song every time makes sense oh man so how this one is very confusing to me how do you bring how how to bring up my social security benefits this sounds like you need to delicately slip it into a conversation, but this is yes, talking to a I was too. government agency, right? Like, this isn't even yep. work-related, so no, there's no, no, no reason no, to be no, tactful. No no no. <laughs> Go no, on. no, 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 no. It's not bringing it up to the government agency. We're getting back into, like, Bridgerton territory. You're at a fancy tea party with the queen, <laughs> oh, and you okay. need to mention that you have social security benefits. <laughs> oh, so okay. Like, to brag about them. Listen... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You need to be like, well, my uh, husband has informed me that our investments have returned in the in that we sunk our money into the social safety net. And so now we have social security benefits, which is perfect for fulfilling our daughter's dowry or whatever. Yep. And then the queen <laughs> says, good. oh, how how gauche that you would state it so directly. Get out of my face. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Oops, I opened my wallet and my social security card fell out. (laughs) How shameful for me. (laughs) Oh, yes, I do have social security. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. (laughs) What's this lodged in the fan that I'm using to cover my face coquettishly? Oh, it's my social security card. Ooh, what's this behind your ear? It's last month's social security check addressed to me. (laughs) Jeff, you're confusing debutantes with Chris Angel again. And as I and you'll see the envelope is sealed, but when I open it, is this your card? <laughs> it is <laughs> my social security card. <laughs> oh my god! Penn <laughs> Teller is listening, and I know they are. That's a great new magic trick. If you were like going through a deck of cards and had somebody pull one out, and then you're like, okay. And then you pulled out of that deck of cards their social security number instead? Is this your card? That would be a great trick. Their card. It's the card they chose and written on it in their handwriting is their social security number. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> like, uh, what the hell? What? No. No, you pull it out and it's their driver's license. <laughs> 
in a deck of cards. That would be good. That's those a good are, trick. That's a good magic trick. Those are plastic now, though, so you'd notice right away that one of the cards is the wrong size and also plastic. I know. That's what makes it a good trick, Louisa. <laughs> oh, okay. You do. You have them pull out the four of clubs or whatever, and then you shuffle the deck, and then you fan it out, and one of the cards is much smaller and plastic, and they're like, what? And you're like, oh, look, hey, is this your driver's license? That's a good trick. That's funny. It's a great trick, but you can only do it once. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. How to bring your wife to her first sporting event. Probably in a car. Or public transit, I guess. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're going to go into the city and there's a big game, if you can get on public transit, that's yeah. a great, great method. I think that you've got to get one of those, like, uh, those, like, darkroom trailers, like, for horses, so she doesn't get spooked. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, some horses like her. it, and I, some wives, I assume, do as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, how man. to bring family to visit from Mexico. North. Yeah, well, you go I north. I guess it depends where you're going. Oh yeah, to. Ooh, sh- yeah, yeah they tricked us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us, tell us your home address, and we'll tell you how to do, do it. Do you live in a boat on the Pacific Ocean? Because it might be west. Oh yeah, or if you live in Australia, <laughs> true. Also, or further south, west, southwest. Any yes. any of the uh, Asian islands in the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. such as the uh, Philippines, or I guess Japan. Yeah, there's lots Japan's of islands very in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, Japan very north? What is... Hmm, I, how far north is Japan? Far north enough to I, have areas which are heavily snowed for parts of the year, so... Uh, yeah, but they also north. have very tall mountains, so I don't know. Yeah. Hold on. Japan... It uh, is pretty far north. Parallel, uh, Japan, what is it? Latitude? Yeah. Uh, the latitude... Uh, it's about as far north as we are. Huh. I don't know what I thought it would be, but I guess I thought it was that. Yeah. And I was right. What's confusing is things like uh, Great Britain is further north. So, like, when you're there, you notice different things about the sun at the time of the day. But because of the weird yeah. currents, like, it's not as cold as it is here. So it feels like it's not as far north. Um, can I say something that's going to make everyone extremely furious? Okay. Is it a, is it a slur? No. Okay, oh, no. Good. Then go uh, ahead. I, <laughs> I watched, uh, I also watched, I've been watching a lot of series lately. I watched the uh, HBO Max docuseries How To. Have you guys heard of this? I, I heard think of I've it. heard of it. It's like a comedy documentary series where a guy is supposedly trying to teach you how to do things, but then he gets like distracted and goes down these little vignettes with people. It's kind of like if This American Life was a comedy and also visual. Um, is, anyway, is there anything like that so, David Reese series? Do you remember that one? Uh, going deep. Was, yes, going deep. No, where he would like go into about that. like ice sculpting or something and go and research it. But it was a comedy also. No, it's more like, um, for instance, he'll do an episode on how to throw out your old batteries. And then he starts like looking into different things that people have trouble throwing out and Ah. later on in the episode he talks to a person whose leg was like amputated and they kept the leg and it's in their house now and stuff like that so it's like it's a very sort of meandering thing but it's interesting and funny a lot of the time um 
but one episode he did was about how to improve your memory, and then he ended up talking to somebody who was, like, a uh, Mandela Effect conspiracy theorist. Oh, no. Uh, and went to a convention of people who were like that, uh, <sighs> and they were all talking about their thoughts on things. And one of the guys got up and did, like, a TED Talk-style presentation at this convention about how South America didn't used to be so far west. Uh-oh. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? I mean, technically, oh if you're going to talk about Pangea, I guess it wasn't. Right? I think it was. I think it was more West. <laughs> yeah, before. everything everything moved away from South America, the cradle okay. of civilization. <laughs> um. Anyway, it just made me so furious because, like, these are people who have literally ostracized their families with their crazy beliefs rather than say, yeah, my memory's not great. Yeah, oh, I guess I must have just remembered it wrong. Yeah, like, fucking God. No. He's so angry. It's an alternate universe, Matt. There's no chance that I remembered the name Berenstain incorrectly. That's insane. (laughs) There was a very funny scene in it. Oh, Oh, sorry. It's this lag. The people who really believe this stuff, they have to have the same brain problems as the people who develop that syndrome where they feel they don't feel like they love their family as much as they should therefore their family are all imposters do you know about people who have this mm-hmm. and they like become yes, obsessed yes. with the idea that their their husband has been replaced by a pod person or something it's really messed up yep. it's got to be the same thing they have there's a very funny scene in the series where they show one of these guys is like a hotel manager and then they go and it, um interview his employees and one of the employees he's like yeah she's our uh, you know our desk clerk or whatever and the the woman's like yeah he tells me about these theories all the time and uh, yeah i did remember that febreze used to have two e's in it and then the, the guy doing the documentary is like oh so do you believe that it's a parallel universe and she's like she like looks over at her boss and then she's like no <laughs> I think I just remembered it wrong, but it's fine if someone else thinks that. <laughs> God. Mm, I think we need to we need to get out of the toxic mindset that it's fine for other people to have different beliefs. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but this poor woman was like very much in between a rock and a hard place there. Yeah. No, uh we need to be like, "Hey, uh it's not fine that you believe that. Shut up." To Correct. a lot more types of people. Uh, I guess the difficulty is then how do we decide which of those people? Yeah. Mm. The problem is always, I'm like, if if more people in the world believed the things I believe, the world would be better. But all the bad people think that way too, you know? Yep. Do they though? Or do they just paranoidly think that no one believes the thing that is true except for them? No, they are. They believe. I genuinely think a lot of the worst people in the world believe that if they could just force everyone to believe in the the Jesus they believe in, the world would be better. Hmm. I wonder because I I feel like a lot of their whole shtick relies on there being people who don't believe so that they can be punished. Yes, but they'll they will never run out of people to punish. Mm, true. Yeah. Even if everyone on Earth, I mean, that's what Handmaid's Tale is kind of about, right? Like everyone did go over to that weird evangelical Christianity, and then they're like, now we can just punish women forever. <laughs> yeah, our goal all along can finally be achieved. 
Yep. <sighs> I tried. I tried to start watching Handmaid's Tale, and I got one minute into it, and I was like, "There's going to be nothing fun about this series. It's yeah. just going to be terrible." I did the same thing yeah. in the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, "I can watch this," and it it was good. It did make me think, but then I was like, "But it's like killing me <laughs> to watch it. I can't watch it anymore." Ugh. Yeah, too bleak. Yeah, no th- thanks. The thing that hooks me into a drama series is that the drama is interlaced with like, ooh, but ooh, are they gonna kiss? Or like, ooh, but you know, is this thing gonna turn out well? And like, with Handmaid's Tale, no, they're not gonna kiss, except for in a rapey way, and no, it's not gonna turn out well for anyone. <laughs> that, I know that from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a little frustrating. I enjoyed the book well enough, but uh, I have not. I have not watched the TV show and probably never will. Yeah, I should say, everything I've heard is that the TV show is excellent and, like, an important message for people to hear. It's just too bleak for my mental state where I am right now. Yeah, agreed. I know that the world is bad in those ways, and even more depressing, this book is from, what, like, 40 years ago? (laughs) And it has so... Even more depressing, we're getting closer to it, like, every day, literally. Yeah. Uh, I... I get a little pissed off when some dystopian thing turns out to be right, because I'm like, damn it. And all those people are usually so, like, reactionary and, and mm-hmm. uh, like, oh, the troubles of the world would be solved if only kids these days. That's why you threw out your Guy Fox mask, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, no, that's why I turned it into an NFT. Oh, uh-huh. smart. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. No, I, I just got done teaching Fahrenheit 451 to 10th graders, none of whom read it because they were too distracted by the uh, constant availability of screens, which are much mm-hmm. easier uh, to engage with than books, which are hard and slow. We could talk about this more offline, but guys, should we get very into Fortnite? Ooh. Why? Yeah. This is my first question. No, I just want to. Now. No, I I would play Fortnite with other people, but I would never be good at it, so I would never actually enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, I don't want to play it to be good at it. Hmm. You want like, to learn the, the dances? Thing the thing that is a the thing that is attracting to me to want to try Fortnite for the first time now in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. Oh wow, you've never even tried it. Correct. Interesting. Is that apparently now it's so full of dumb other shit that you don't even really need to worry about shooting people. <laughs> I want to build, like, a little house and complete the house before the end of the round, (laughs) before I get killed. Yes, you can absolutely (laughs) do that. And you can go fishing, you can, like, become (laughs) Spider-Man. This Uh, is the shit I want to do. I I want to join Fortnite to ruin Fortnite from the inside for everyone else by not taking the game seriously at all. That's what I want to do. That is I want to make... I want to make Thanos do that little wiggly hip side-to-side dance. That's what I want to play Fortnite for. Yeah, see? This is what I'm saying, guys. Okay. Maybe we should get all of our friends together and play a Fortnite as a team. Yeah, I'm okay. wi- if you're willing to organize it, I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> the only problem is that every time we try to organize our group of friends into playing a game together, it always devolves into everyone saying that they don't know how to install it on their computers. <laughs> And Jeff, you and I are the only ones who do know how to install things, and then we end up playing the game just the two of us anyway. Yep. Building castles in the sky! That's right. (laughs) That's what we could be doing in Fortnite! (laughs) Literally building a castle in the sky. Uh, But it's probably more fun to do that in Minecraft. Which we also did! (laughs) 
We also <laughs> tried to do. No one else can yeah. figure out how to install on their fucking computer. You can get it for your phone for six dollars. God damn it! Minecraft or Fortnite? Minecraft for Fortnite yeah. is free on your phone. Yeah, uh, this is all good stuff. And I think it's on iPhone again. Mm-hmm. Weird. I don't know if that's so. true though, or if I just heard that uh, as a rumor at school. I get a lot of video game news from rumors at school again, which is a weird thing about having become a teacher. <laughs> now it's your kids telling you about their uncle who works at Nintendo, who is a contemporary of you and your stage of life. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or I just overhear them talking about things that aren't uh, the ninth grade biology class that they're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> Uh, the phrase, be the uncle that works at Nintendo you want to see in <laughs> yep, the world just yep. popped into my head. Yes! Yes. I just needed to say it out loud. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> it's very affirmative. Co-signed. <laughs> A lot of the ones on here I've noticed, these bring uh, questions, are trying to do something you're not supposed to do. I'm seeing right next to each other, bring pets to a bed and breakfast and bring alcohol on a ah. cruise ship. Both of those, you yep. could ask the person running the place, am I allowed to do this? And if they say yes, then it's easy. If they say no, stop it. <laughs> stop trying to do that, please. Yeah. It's true. Oh, man. Mm, but anyway, have you I do know how to bring alcohol on a cruise to. ship. <laughs> and that is to put vodka with a little bit of food coloring into a giant mouthwash bottle. I know people have done that. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. That is fun. Um, the other half of these are things that are, like, so obvious that I'm not sure what they're even asking. Like, how to bring a computer to a foreign country. Just do do it. Just do it. Do it. Go to a foreign country. What are you asking? While you have a computer with you. Done. Like, what does that even mean? How to bring a bike on a DC metro train. Go to the train with your bike and then get on it with the bike still with you. The end. There might be special rules about bringing a bike on a train, to be fair. Uh, maybe there are now. There weren't when I was commuting on a train re- regularly. In Washington, D.C.? Uh, no, that's true. I was doing it mainly in Princeton. Yeah, freaking got his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've exposed all his lies now. <laughs> yeah, I've caught you. I've caught you in a trap of your own words. How to bring country charm to a garden. <laughs> Um, Get some hay bales in there what? and pumpkins and scarecrows. Oh, that kind of country charm. Okay. I was thinking like cottage core. Yeah, I was thinking I was actually going to say, is the is this what cottage core is? But yeah. well then I you're guess, gonna need uh, I like Louisa's for that kind of country charm, you're gonna need like, silver bells, cockle shells, and little maids all in a row. Mm. Mm. I like Louisa's first answer better though. I like the idea of okay, the thing we need to make this garden country charming is to put down a dance floor yeah. and get a fiddle player yeah. in here and a and a square dance caller. It needs more bumpkins. Yeah. yeah. And pumpkins. Yep. Ooh. Bumpkins and pumpkins. That's the theme oh, of our homecoming dance. <laughs> Very good, everyone. <laughs> Oh, man. I will personally pay for anyone who's listening to my voice right now. The first person that comes to me and asks me to pay for them to get a Bumpkins and Pumpkins tattoo on their lower back, I will pay for it. (laughs) That is my guarantee to you. Bumpkin bumpkin core. Is that anything? Oh, isn't that what the Beverly Hillbillies is? (laughs) Uh, No, they're genuine hillbillies. They're not just pretending. 
right? Yeah, I suppose that's true. Green Acres? Green Acres. Is yes, that's mm. Bumpkin Core for sure. The Dukes of Hazard movie is Bumpkin Core. Mm, yes! Okay, I'm liking this. I mean, now we're talking, like, you could say every Republican politician is Bumpkin Core then. <laughs> Maybe, but some of them are straight up just Bumpkins. That's true, and some of them are just movie supervillains. <laughs> oh, God. We can't talk about Republicans again. I'll go to federal prison. How to bring a magic wand out of nowhere is <laughs> fucking me up. Well, oh, man, this ties into our earlier thing about uh, social security. Close-up magic? Yeah. yeah. I, like, it's probably how to do a magic trick, right? No. Like, where a wand appears in your hand. <laughs> but I love the idea that it's like, I need to unlock the eldritch secrets of the universe and, like, summon a magic wand from the the beyond planes. Oh, man. I Which, like, if you can figure out how to do that, man. Then you're, then you're all set. That's where the set. that's where the real money is. You tell me, you know, <laughs> Jeff. This one applies. What are to we you. doing? How to bring history to life for students? I don't teach history this year, but let's let's hear it. You have though. You have done it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Give Look, me your ideas. So this is so easy. If you want to bring history to life, you need a big metal table and a bunch of corpses to stitch together and a lightning storm, but done. History brought to life. Sweet. I've been practicing my manic yelling as I'm arrested by the police for doing Ooh. grave crimes. I think more people need to practice that just in case. Yeah. Like, there's never going to be a time where you don't need to know how to manically yell while the police is arresting you. Know? Yeah. For grave crimes, Besides, specifically. Exactly. Well... Yeah, but grave crimes in all the meanings of the word grave, because you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could they could be very serious crimes, or it could be something petty like grave robbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you like that, uh, It's very fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to me because neither of you reacted to me calling <laughs> grave robbing a petty crime. <laughs> I'm living like five I mean, seconds in already, the past, so- and I'm sorry about it. <laughs> We're already dead, Jeff. Yeah, I don't think that desecrating corpses is is a crime. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but who who am I to stop people from living their their dreams? Oh man, I mean, <laughs> it's probably not good. Yeah, it's I'm probably sure indicative of it's probably indicative of uh, being a bad person. But you know, is like, is it evil itself? Who knows? It's like you can say. The- internet fetish of littles or whatever baby play or whatever it is like Uh technically you're not doing anything illegal i don't think but you definitely are doing this because you want to do something that is extremely illegal and terrible (laughs) right now i think that is true of like the people who uh draw very specific types of hentai about uh, actually, she's a thousand-year-old dragon person. She just looks like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That is that I think is is on the border of like you are trying to quell the uh, foul urges within you. But I don't know the age play stuff. I'm like, eh, I don't like it. I think it's creepy, but is it bad? Like they only want to do it with adults. Oh, do they though? What like? I don't know. If you I'm uncomfortable talking about this because somebody... I don't have enough context. <laughs> like, I don't know if they only want to do it with adults, so I don't really want to get into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I tr- I pride myself on being sex positive, but that that fetish may be where I draw the line. Uh, see, I pride myself on being sex negative, but I think people can do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, Jeff's a real I sex just think villain. It's, <laughs> yeah, Louisa, I think it's gross. Course, and Louisa, of course, is sex neutral. <laughs> Every time she takes a sex, she plants a new one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's neither uh, interested in altruism or cruelty. Mm-hmm. I am interested in, uh, as a neutral party, having people tell me what they're into and me telling them whether that's okay or not okay. I want to make yeah, it Yeah, <laughs> you want to moralize about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a perfect judge. <sighs> yep. I wanted to set you up for a joke there, Louisa, by being like, give us an example of what's okay and not okay. Mm-hmm. But you would need to have a pre-written joke, I think, for that to not be an awkward question. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why my phone just noise? Beeps, but I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, how to how to bring polo back to the United States? That's a Ooh, the, big the, project. The yeah. shirt brand? No, the sport. I'm imagining. Mm. First, you need to get everybody riding horses again. No, no, you've you've misstepped from the beginning. Step one, have it be on ATVs instead of horses. Oh my god, yes, yes that rules. <laughs> yes. Motopolo. Yeah. And instead this is of a good idea, actually. Instead of mallets, they could have lacrosse sticks, so as they're tooling around on their ATVs, you could scoop up the ball and throw it real hard. Now see, I was thinking instead of mallets they would have chainsaws. <laughs> and one person one person on each team has one of those beanbag cannons that riot police use. Oh god. That person? The goalie. Yes. <laughs> but the, instead of being in the goal, they're on like a mound behind a bunch of sandbags. No, they also have to be on an ATV, so they have to deal with the kickback from the beanbag bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> so every time they use it, they and one other player are knocked off their ATVs. Yes, Matt, don't you see? Yeah, that would prevent them from abusing it, because it would take them a while to get back on their speeding ATV. It freaking rules. They're not even even—they're not allowed to stop moving or the uh, bus explodes. Oh, this is a great, great <laughs> sport we've invented. Uh, I, I want my job to just be inventing cyberpunk future sports that would have been action movies in the 80s. Yeah, unfortunately, only one person in history has had, have had that job, and it's the guy who came up with Mad Max. Mm, George Miller. Yeah, there you go. Famous director of Babe, Pig in the City, and Happy Feet. Mm-hmm. We brought it back around to Happy Feet. Him. We never yeah. were talking about Happy Feet before, Shit. but we were talking about penguins, so I guess that makes sense. You, Yeah, you mentioned March of the Penguins, not Happy Feet, but nice try. Yeah. Yep. And how to bring your kids to the beach very carefully. Boom! Yeah, you need yeah. to put blinders on them. Alright, well thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And please tell your friends about the show so that we can t- continue to grow. Uh, if you would like us to begin commentating on a fictional wrestling league instead of doing this show, let us know. Um... Maybe we could add that as a segment. That would be fun. We love Flights of Fancy here. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can message us on Discord by getting an invite uh, by talking to us on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm also online, and you can figure out where if you can solve my riddles three by going to weaponizedlanguage.com slash riddles. Okay, that's, that's riddle one. 
<laughs> and you can talk to me on Mastodon at, <laughs> at Mastodon.xyz. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, do not forget that you can fuck up on the internet in so many ways. I don't know if other people are going to be into it. Eat your donuts. Thank you.